Thanks so much for listening in to the Saints Hill Church podcast. Our vision is to see heaven come to earth, and we do this by equipping the saints to know who they are in Christ, to walk in freedom through the truth, and to make disciples who change the world. We hope this message draws you further into relationship with our Father. And if you would like to give to the mission of Saints Hill, please visit our website at saintshill.church. And thank you. Your generosity helps to keep Saints Hill going. Now, on to the message. In you I find my joy. All right, all right. Go ahead and grab a seat. We're going to get started. I feel like we've, we've already started. We're going to keep going. Awesome. What I want to do, um, you're, you're going to hear from me, you're going to hear from a couple um, people with testimonies uh, from this past year, and then you're going to hear from Bria, and we're going to receive communion together. It's going to be good. When was the last time, when was the last time you ate in church? Too long. It's been too long. Uh, I just want to talk about three things. And, and as we reflect on this past year and as we look towards the future, um, there's kind of three different categories of things that I want to talk about this evening. Um, the, the first thing that I want to talk about is what have we learned as a church? What have we been taught as a church? Then I want to talk about where did we grow as a church, where were some areas of growth, and then what are we grateful for as a church. Uh, so what have we been taught? You know, um, one of the primary things that I think I've learned about our church in the past year, aside from we're a very resilient church, <laughs> I can tell you what, um, when, uh, when you know, the first COVID shutdown happened, I remember we got like a few weeks into it, and I thought, hmm, okay, this is interesting. Well, just prob- surely there will only be one more week. And then one more week happens, you're like, well, surely there will only be one. And I remember talking with some other pastors and talking with Andoni and Jake and just thinking, like, do we, like, what will we have to come back to when we all come back? Like, will there be a church to come back to sort of a thing? And um, I've just been so amazed at the resiliency of this church. Um, At your guys' ability to gather outside of a Sunday gathering in people's homes to minister to one another, to pastor one another. Um, but also when we come back, we, we, Jake and I joked about this, when we came back and we're meeting in the field over the summer, um, we both looked at each other and we're like, how on earth did it, does it feel like we took 10 steps forward in depth and maturity and wisdom in the Holy Spirit after like 10 weeks off? Normally that just is not normal. And um, so I, I just have, feel like we've learned that this church is resilient. Um, but also, I think one of the primary things we're learning as a church is that God intends to pour himself into people and places. God is looking for people who are, have space in their hearts and in their lives to, for him to pour himself into. And he's looking for places that will believe his promises that he's already made and trust him for new ones. One of the things um, that I felt, right, we, you know, we had our baby uh, in kind of in the middle of lockdown, and I don't know why, but I thought, oh, after paternity leave, I'm sh- surely lockdown will be over, and that next Sunday we'll be back together, and that, that wasn't the case, but I had a lot of time just to ask the Lord, what are you doing in our church in this next year, you know, what are you doing uh, in the remainder of 2020, what are you saying? And some of you, if you were here over the summer, you'll remember this, but I felt like the Lord gave me a picture of a concrete cylinder, 
And um, you guys understand that, you know, have you guys ever seen like a massive fish tank before? And the fish tank, uh, that when it's that massive, it has to have super thick glass walls in order to contain the pressure of the weight of the water. So the bigger the fish tank, <laughs> the bigger the, and thicker the walls have to be. Well, I just felt like the Lord was showing me this concrete cylinder, and he's, he was saying, what I intend to pour out in Newburgh can only be stewarded by people who have been made strong through integrity. And there was this idea that the Lord was building Saints Hill into this very thick-walled cylinder so that he could pour out what he intended to pour out, so that there could be a people who could handle not contain, but handle what he intends for a specific place and people. And I felt like the Lord told me, he said, I am giving Saints Hill Church integrity, in the engineering sense, integrity through the fear of the Lord. The fear of the Lord is something strange uh, to pursue, but it really is the key that unlocks most of what God intends for his people. The fear of the Lord leads to life. The fear of the Lord leads to prosperity. The fear of the Lord leads to making decisions that are in line with the kingdom. And what I believe God's doing in our church and what I think we've been learning as a church over this past year is that when God intends for a people to, to hold something so that he can steward it how he wills in that people, what he first has to address is their fear of the Lord. And so I think for us as a church, as we've been spending time in his presence, there's almost no better way to develop the fear of the Lord than just to get in his presence, to see what he can do. I was talking with a, an older gentleman um, a couple weeks ago, and he was sharing with me that before he had an encounter with the Holy Spirit, he really did not have the fear of the Lord in his life. He was a Christian. He loved the Bible and truth, but he really didn't have the fear of the Lord on his heart. But when he encountered the Lord, he said, I was on the ground weeping for six, seven hours. I don't even know how long, but I encountered God and the fear of the Lord came in that moment and it hasn't left. The problem if, is if we don't have the fear of the Lord, what takes its place is the fear of people. <laughs> the fear of our circumstances not being the way that we would prefer. And if we fear people and we fear our circumstances, it's very difficult for God to develop a strong person who can handle what he intends to pour out. So we've been growing and learning in the fear of the Lord. Where have we grown? Where have we grown as a church? As I look out at our church over this past year, where have we grown? Um, I think we've grown in tenderness to his presence. How many of you have been here the past like four weeks? The past like three weeks? Whoa. <laughs> um, I, I don't know what's going on. You know, there's just, uh, there's signs and wonders. And then in the language of one of my favorite pastors, there's signs that make you wonder. <laughs> and you're just like, I don't know. Um, I just feel like there's a lot more tears in this church than there has been in the past two years. There's been in the past, you know, four weeks. There's just been this sense of God just really drawing near and just there being a tenderness to him to being able to feel him and to kind of sense his every move. I've, I've used this example. I, I talked about this last week, but over the summer, I cut my finger really deep and I, I bandaged it up. My, my wife is a nurse and I'm like, what do I do? And she's like, 
we haven't talked about this yet. And um, she was in school. She's like, I don't know. And so we bandaged it up. And she's like, you probably need stitches. And I'm thinking, I'm not paying that emergency room visit bill. There's just no way. And so I like overnight, I bandaged it up. The next morning, I take the bandage off. Blood is still squirting out. She's like, you really should have gotten stitches. So, but anyway, we, we tighten it, clamp it back down. And my finger was incredibly tender for the next two weeks. And everything that I did, whether I was taking a shower or cutting something or picking up our daughter, everything I did, I did with the finger in mind. I feel like what God is growing us in is in our ability to sense his presence and to be tender to him. Our ability to do everything with him in mind. What are you doing over here? Oh, I sense that. The things that maybe you would have ignored in the past and kind of thought, oh, that couldn't be God. You're starting to pay attention to and say, but could it? What if it could? So I think we've been growing in our tenderness to his presence. I, I also think that we've grown in um, just encounters with God. I, I, there was a couple weeks ago, I was standing over here after the gathering. I had probably three different people walk up to me and tell me about how their life is different since coming to this church. My life has been radically changed. I've encountered God in ways that I never dreamed imaginable. I didn't know that he was this good. Just story after story of just God changing people's lives. I think I asked this a couple weeks ago, but how many of you, you've come here and you've had an encounter with God that has changed the direction of your life? Just like a show of hands. That's so awesome. What that represents is, is lives coming into alignment with his kingdom. It's just so wonderful. We've grown in that way. What are we thankful for? Lastly, all of that just leads me to such gratitude. Um, I just want us to read this passage. This is from Ephesians chapter 3. And uh, this is what Paul says, is saying to the church in Ephesus. He says, his, being God's intent, was that now through the church, the manifold wisdom of God should be made known to the rulers and authorities in the heavenly realms. His intent was that now through the church, the manifold wisdom of God should be made known to the rulers and authorities in the heavenly realms. What is the manifold wisdom of God? It's all of his wisdom. It's the completeness of his wisdom. And that completeness of God's wisdom is intended to be seen through the church. Why? Put it back up. The manifold wisdom of God should be made known to the rulers and authorities in the heavenly realms. I would like to put forth to you this evening that our church is intended, the church of God, the bride of Christ is intended to put on display God's wisdom so that God can point to the church when he's looking at Satan and the other demonic principalities and say, look at my church, see my wisdom. The other night, I, um, I was... Uh, I just had heard a couple stories about people struggling pretty profoundly, um, health issues, somebody who was dying, and they, um, they're young, and they have kids, and they know they're going to die, and they're trying to figure out how to hand their kids off to somebody who can take care of them for the rest of their children's lives. It's a really sad story. And I was kind of overwhelmed with what the enemy was up to. It was just, I was just, I don't know if I was focusing too much on it, but it just caught, had caught my attention. And um, it was late at night, and I just sat down at the kitchen table, and I'd heard of somebody else doing this, so this isn't my idea, but I just, I, I sat down at the kitchen table with my guitar, and I just said, Satan, you're going to sit there, 
and I'm gonna worship God in the midst of all the things that you've been wreaking havoc on because I'm a part of the manifold wisdom of God. My life is to be a prophetic witness to you of your demise. It says in the scriptures that all things have been put under the feet of Christ. It also says that I'm a co-heir with Christ. So whatever he's getting, I'm getting. So I now get to walk in authority. What does Jesus say? All authority has been given to me, therefore go. <laughs> That's an authority transfer. Authority has been given to me, so I'm going to force you, because you have to do what I say, Satan. You're going to sit here and you're going to watch me praise God in the midst of a valley. This is what we want to do this evening, is we want to send a message with our gratitude. We want to send a message with our thankfulness that whatever the enemy has intended, COVID, it didn't win. It didn't prosper. We are going to still praise God. We are still going to find things to thank God for in the midst of a valley. Our church grew. Many people were baptized. We had a night where... where there's like two people signed up to get baptized and 12 people got baptized or 14 people got baptized. It was incredible. Um, we're grateful. We're so grateful. So would you just join with me in praying a prayer of thanks to the Lord in the midst of whatever's going on. God, we're so grateful to you. Thank you for what you've taught us. Thank you for how you've grown us this year. COVID did not win. <laughs> You won. You have triumphed in this church and you've triumphed in this town. We look forward to another year of victory over the schemes of the enemy. In Jesus' name, everybody said, amen. <laughs> hey, we're gonna hear some testimonies. So uh, let's see here. Let's go, where's Chris Sharp? Chris, there you are. Chris, come on up real fast. <laughs> Awesome. And then uh, grab this mic right over here, um, and uh, we'll have you share the first testimony. So for those of you who don't know, Chris is our deacon over youth. Him and his wife, Laura, wave to everybody, uh, they lead our high school group. So um, yeah, Chris, share with us what your testimony is. Um, well, right before this, Jake told me I needed to keep it to two minutes, uh, so I'll do my best. Um, but in professor language, two minutes rounds up to 15, so we'll be fine. Uh, <laughs> right, Chad? You know. Uh, anyhow, as I was thinking through what testimony or story to think through in the last year, uh, there was a lot. Um, it's really been a good year uh, in a lot of ways, maybe because I am slightly an introvert and kind of love having less stuff going on sometimes. It's kind of <laughs> nice. But um, in other realms, uh, we started a youth group a year ago, and I had two people in a tiny little, our tiny little apartment at the time. Now we've got about 11 students who are in it and coming through it, and it's been really cool. Even just tonight, I was looking around and seeing our youth um, encountering God personally. Uh, it's, it, like, and that's not even like my, that's one story. Um, my wife got baptized this last year. That was awesome, one of those 14. Uh, but then the big one that, that's been really cool is we got a house this year, uh, kind of unexpectedly. Uh, back in March, prior to COVID, we were planning on moving into a bus that we had. Um, and then somehow two months later, we were in a house. It was, but, but the cool part about the house is, A, the whole house was cool, but the main thing was that in 2008, uh, I did a Bible school up in Washington, Titan, Washington, uh, and as part of that, we had a mission, a week of mission statement of like, what is God's kind of vision for our life? Where, do, where does God see us? What does he have for us? 
Uh, and at that time, I was early in college, kind of just getting started, kind of had this thought of maybe one day I'll be a professor. Uh, maybe one day I'll teach at a college. Uh, but I wrote down this vision statement. I need to find it. It's in storage down in Albuquerque. But I wrote it down, uh, and I remember the specifics. The specifics were that someday I wanted to have a house that was a couple of blocks from campus, from a campus, wherever I was teaching, uh, that I could invite my students and invite people and invite the college-age demographic, and apparently high school now, uh, into uh, to minister to them. Uh, and kind of forgot about that because it was a long time ago. Uh, I was 19, 18, 19 at the time. Now, 12 <laughs> years later, we have that house. It is several blocks from a campus. It takes me five minutes to walk to work, five minutes. And th this year, despite COVID, despite lockdowns, We've seen so many people coming through our homes, the conversations that my wife and I are getting to have, and just the life, that, and the life and experience and the opportunity that we get to minister through this house has been incredible. Something that I didn't expect, because I kind of forgot about it, but 12 years later, here we go. <laughs> That's so awesome. Thank you so much, Chris. That's so good. That's awesome. And God is just using you and Laura in such powerful ways. Thank you so much. Uh, Jenny, where are you at? Come on up, Jenny. Jenny's going to share. Oh, man. If you guys don't know Jenny, she's a joy machine. Total joy machine. Do you want to use my mic? You can use my mic. Here, stay here, stay here. Awesome. So, yeah, share with us. Okay, hello, family. Okay, you're going to so, take, take the mask off. Thank you, there Lord. You <laughs> so... Well, I'll keep it short. 2018 for me really ended, really did not end it pretty good. Um, I went through really tough times. And despite the, besides my parents getting divorced, and I mean, I grew up being a pastor kid, and then the church splitting, and then just the church getting hurt by so many people and just authorities and pastors and leaders from church around the world actually hurt me, left me really a lot in pain, and that's why I wasn't really excited about 2020, but whoa, what a year. 2020 was probably my favorite year. God just has done so much. Um, one of the biggest things that he did this year for me was bringing me to this family. Um, this church has just been part of my healing and restoration in my heart. I just love how God has been using each one of you guys and every leader here to just heal my heart in so many different ways. And it's in this house where God has just given me fresh vision and just new words and just for, you know, guidance and direction. And I'm just so grateful that even here he gave me a mom and my dad. Shout out to Chad and Lauren. And just like restoring the image of having what it looks like to have a family. And I thought I will never ever have a home, some, a place that I can call home anymore. But he's just been so good to me and that. And everything started from the first day I stepped into this place. And I just felt the Holy Spirit in just a whole, like how I, how I didn't have it. I haven't felt the Holy Spirit in like, like that in like months. And that was just like so, such a gift for me. And started with Jacob giving that word that I did not raise my hand. So I'm sorry about that. But just God did so much. And I wasn't ready to embrace it all. And I just pretty much ran away, but since that day, that was the start. That was the first seed that he, he planted in my heart, and um, now until now, this whole year has just been, COVID actually for me was a blessing. It was kind of time for surgery, where God just took me through this, this really cool time where he just healed, and he revealed so many things that were in my heart, and 
I'm just so grateful. This year, it's been a gift to me. And I'm grateful for each one of you for being part of my journey and for being family to me. So thank you. I'm from Peru, by the way. This is far away. And yeah. Thank you for understanding the language, too. I still, it's not my first language, but thank you, guys. You're awesome. <laughs> That's so good. Awesome. Uh, okay. Brianne and Austin, you guys are going to uh, kind of end our little time together. Come on up. Give it up for Brianne and Austin and grab one of those mics. You guys, you guys really listened to Jake. Those were, those were very quick testimonies. That was beautiful. All right. Uh, take it away. Are we there? Cool. Um, for me, um, I've shared this a couple of times with a couple of people, but 2020 has arguably been one of the best years of my life, um, despite everything. And it's just because he's so good. Like, he doesn't stop pursuing us. Um, and for, for me, like, I've struggled for a lot of my life, like, actually believing God loved me. You can ask Alex. We've had conversations years ago. Um, and I've come so far um, at the beginning of this year. Like, it's hard to explain, but this year, like, he's just melted my heart. Um, I, I've always, because of this, I've always kind of been like a, getting a performance mindset. It's easy for me to kind of want to work for God, you know, because I don't think he actually, you know, wants me for just me. Um, and I feel like it's, it's easy for me to go there. And just, I found myself at one point this year, just, I got busy. I don't know what happened, but I just kind of fell back into it. And, you know, I, my time with the Lord was about checking a box. Um, and I'd come to church, to, you know, kind of get like this high to like carry me like, oh yeah, God, you know, I'm, I'm here. I feel you. And I'd, you know, come to worship for that purpose. And I remember one Sunday I was here and it was just like Stonewall. Like I like felt nothing. I was like, God's, you're not close. And I felt him say to me, like, you know, I'm not that cheap. Um, I know that's kind of, I don't, let me explain what he means by that. Like I'm, I, he doesn't want to be found for just like a, on a Sunday. Um, and he wouldn't, he, would, he wasn't settling. Um, and so it really forced me to like, okay, like what am I doing? And it just kind of woke me up and I just, made it kind of the decision in my heart that the most important thing I would do every day is to spend time with him. Like that has to be number one on my schedule. Like I have to make time for it. Like I have to do it and I, I committed to it. And it's funny, like the encounter I was after, like he wouldn't give to me, but I can remember just, like it was just a few weeks ago actually, like he's been ministering to me more and more, but I was telling Brianna, um, she came in and I was like laying on the couch listening to worship music with a blanket over my face. And she had no idea. I was just weeping. Um, just, she had no clue. And he's just been fathering me in this way. And I can honestly say like after that moment, like the encounter I was looking for, he gave me when I actually came for him. Wow. And it's, it, the performance, like it's gone. Like it's like just completely, like I've never like felt so confident in God in my life. I always thought I did and I knew it, but there's just a difference between like coming on Sundays and getting a taste, but there's, and actually, like, coming to him every day and, like, eating the bread of life and drinking from the fountain every day. Um, and he did that this year. Um, and I always thought, like, I was so, like, far with my relationship with God, but he just, he's, there's so much more. Um, so, yeah, that's just been my year. It's been awesome. awesome. Thank you. Awesome. Yes, I think mine kind of flows from that. Like this whole year, I mean, we've been stuck at home a lot. Um, so getting to kind of witness even just the time that Austin spends with the Lord, like I'd, he'd be in our room and I'd be like on the couch and I'd be like, he's been in there for hours. Like, what is he doing? <laughs> and just asking him, like, how do you spend time with the Lord? Like, what are you talking to him about? And just even learning from that like, has transformed my relationship with the Lord. Um, and I just feel like it's been kind of a crash course in like the simplicity and the truth of the gospel. Yeah. Like I wow. grew up in the church. I 
have a degree in biblical studies, and yet there's so much that I didn't know. And this year, I just feel like he's just been like pulling off these layers, like this is what I did for you. It's that easy. It's already done. Um, and just really practically, the way that that's played out in my life is he's just been really gently like pointing out things that are actually not of him, things that I never really would have like classified as sin. But then when I look at it through his lens, it's like that's not a renewed mind. Like that doesn't belong there. And so being able to just also learn like how to identify those things, but then like Austin will always say like, just take it to the Lord. I'm like, come on, like there's got to be something more that I have to do. (laughs) But it really is like, I feel like this year I finally like learned what he means when he says like, take it to the Lord. Because there have been so many things that I've been able to like actually take to him and be like, I've tried all the things. Like now it's your turn to deal with this. And he's done it. Um, And I had like one idea of what I was going to share. And then during worship, I felt like the Lord was like, no, this example, do this one. Um, So back in the summer, Alex, you taught on how like Jesus is the person of peace. So peace Mm -hmm. isn't just like a thing. It's a person. Um, And then a couple weeks later, Bria taught on how like as the church, we're not meant to be like in survival mode this year. Like we're for more than that. And then a couple weeks after that, Andoni spoke and one of his things was like recognizing in his own life that Jesus paid for stress on the cross. So stress would be one of those things that was like, I never really thought of that as like sin, but it's also not like the result of a renewed mind. Um, So, I mean, you look at this year, I'm a teacher. This year has been super weird for teachers. I teach first graders. Back in March, when my principal first told us, like, we might be teaching online, we all laughed, like, what? You can't do that with six-year-olds. Like, come on. And then a week later, we were doing it. So we figured it out. Um, And actually, it's going so well. Like, I just, I do want to share that little testimony. Like, it's been amazing connecting with kids over a computer and seeing them do it. So the Lord's good. Um, But even through all of that, like, I love plans. I love to know what's coming. And I've been that way all my life. My sister's laughing because she lived with it. Um, but I just looking at this year, recognizing that like Jesus as that person of peace has been so true. Like as Jake was singing earlier, like we just get to, like, I don't even remember the words, but like the burden is lifted. Like it's, that's been the reality. And I think a year ago, if you told me that I'd be teaching online, I would have just been a stressed out mess. And I think like back in March I was, but now, you know, going week to week and month to month, having no idea what was coming having plans canceled, things totally changed. I feel so at peace. Mm. Like you've gotten to see it. Like I'm really not worried. I have no idea if I'm going to be teaching in my room or in Hillsboro in a month from now. I have no idea, but I don't really care. Like we're going to figure it out. Jesus is Lord over all of it. And that just brings so much peace in every circumstance. So there's a lot to be grateful for. That's awesome. Let's thank these guys. Thank you guys so much. Awesome. So um, if any of those testimonies touched you in any way or you need something that they had, it says in the book of Revelation that the testimony of Jesus carries with it the spirit of prophecy. Whatever God has done in the past becomes precedent for what he intends to do in the future. So if he did it for them, he can do it for you. So uh, let's just take a moment. I'm just going to pray over you. If that was for you, any of that was for you, just Take it for yourself. Lord, we just thank you for what you've done. And for anybody who needs you to show up in their life like you've shown up in these guys' lives, would you do it now? In Jesus' name, amen. Hey, would you guys welcome Bria up to the stage? Hello, everybody. If that didn't make you hungry to see God move, I don't know what will. Can you guys stand up with me? We're going to take just some time tonight to go after just prayer and prophecy. As we enter a new year, we're closing out 2020. We are going to look at him. And it's not the newness of a year that changes things. It's not like, oh, we're getting out of 2020. Things are going to be different. I mean, they'll probably get better. According to this crew, 2020 was great. So more of that. 
But I think as we move into newness, it's not about the year or change on the calendar. It's about God, that he is always up to something new and he's inviting us into it. That we go into a new year with hope, not because it's a new date, but because we go with his promises. We go with who he is. We get to walk with him into it. And so tonight as a family, like we're gonna take advantage of the fact that we get to gather together and with one voice just go after a few things that God's been putting on our hearts to go after with one another for ourselves, our families, and our community. So there is a, should be a slide. Yeah, this one. And we're gonna hang out on this slide. There was a few other ones, but we're gonna hang out here as we go through this time of prayer. So as we enter this new year, the first thing we wanna pray over is ourselves, us. You guys, we got that really sweet word from Mike about chains breaking off, about us getting to be people who live free. And so tonight, we're going to sign up again. Right now, tonight is the time to come, each and every one of us, before we pray into anything else, the very most important thing is our relationship with him. So we're gonna pray, as we go through these things, you guys, we're gonna pray out loud together. So I'm gonna give us a directive and then we'll all pray out loud with one voice together and contend for what God is doing. Um, Waza had a really cool word in pre-gathering prayer just talking about what prayer is and that it's enough. Prayer is our chance to partner with God, to move as he moves, to ask for heaven to come to earth. Actually, prayer is how we see things as they really are. We get his mind, we get his vision about ourselves, our city, our world, and we're like, oh, that's reality is actually what Jesus bought, and reality is what we're gonna ask to come live here. So as we pray for you, each of us right now, we're gonna take the personal responsibility. And you guys, as we pray, you can get on your knees, you can lift your hands, you can get comfy, but we're gonna pray right now for just surrender, for personal surrender, that you would give your yes again to God, your yes to him, that your life is fully surrendered to him. Pray out loud with me. We give you our yes, Jesus. We surrender to you, Jesus. I give you my yes. I will be yours to use as you will, God. I give you my yes. The next thing we wanna pray into as a family is for that, for our families, for our church family, our families at home, our community of close friends, those people that you do day-to-day life with. We feel that the Lord is speaking over this season a change in what is normal, that he would bring forward a new normal in our lives, that our day-to-day, those moments that seem super mundane, he is going to be speaking into those, that we would get a new kind of spiritual intelligence, we would create new traditions, we would have new things that are kingdom-minded that we bring to our people that are closest to us. Um, Andoni, he's one of our elders. He couldn't be here tonight, but he wrote out a really sweet word um, that goes along with that. And I'm going to read it out loud to you guys. You can close your eyes. Just listen and receive this. I believe the Lord wants to change that. Every routine, every ordinary discussion, every problem to be surrendered to him. I believe the Lord wants to change those moments bringing his nature It's an invitation to calm what we consider the small storms in our lives, the ones that we've allowed to stay ongoing because we have learned to sail in them. We were never meant to learn to sail on those storms, as small as they might seem. We are meant to calm them. 
He wants to give the ordinary attention to calm the storms in our lives and to take those mundane moments and create in them kingdom capacity. So right now, let us pray together. Just ask the Lord that he would meet you in those moments, give you creativity for new things, new traditions, how to be community with people around you, and just that, that he would teach you how to navigate storms with his vision. God, yes. Yes, God, we pray for your creativity, for your power to be on display, for a peaceful people in the midst of storms because we know who you are. We invite you into our communities and our families, Jesus. Teach us a new way with them. The third thing that let's pray into as a prophetic community is for our city. This city that we love, that God is speaking over, is that we've been getting um, a lot of words of, we've seen it in the church itself. We've seen healing over people. We've seen breakthrough for people. But we've been getting words that actually people are gonna come from outside this city to seek what he's doing here, to seek what he's starting in this house. And so what we wanna pray for is that our city, Newburgh, would become a place of refuge. <laughs> it would be a place where people from all over come for refuge from, maybe it's the stresses of their lives, refuge from their sickness, refuge, or maybe they don't know what they're coming for, but they say, I've heard in that city there is something good, there's a place where I can hide, where I can find safety, I can find him, that that would be our city. And it's going to start here in this house as each of us surrender, each of us take what he's doing, and we go in power because we know his name, and that people would come here. So we're going to pray that over our homes, over our city, that they would be a place of refuge, and ask for his insight into what he's doing here in this next season. Jesus, we want to put you on display, that we would put you on display for the world to see that as we fall more in love with you, as we encounter you, God, we would invite the world to the same thing, that you would start it here in our city, God, a move of God that invites people to take refuge in you, in knowing you, Jesus. We're so excited for what you're up to, and we, God, we do, we just devote this year to you. We devote our future to you. We're so thankful, Jesus. And as we look to a new year, you can go to the last slide with the second Corinthians verse on it. We wanna keep him the main thing. We wanna look to him and him alone, to Jesus. Because we hear testimonies of what's happened. We hear testimonies of 2020 and the year that should have been a disaster is actually one of hope and one of freedom. 
because that's what God does. Jesus takes the things that the world will look at and say, it's not possible. And he says, oh no, with me, it's possible. When you keep Jesus the main thing, when you keep your love for him the main thing. And so tonight, as we enter a new year, we just wanna keep him the main thing, that we would turn our eyes to Jesus, turn our love to Jesus. And when we think about newness, um, this verse came to mind. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, the new creation has come, the old has gone, the new is here. All this is from God who reconciled us to himself through Christ and gave us the ministry of reconciliation. Jesus is our hope. He is our newness. He is our call to a different life and we honor him tonight. You guys have communion cups. Um, they're either in front of you in your pews or if you guys are in the first rows, they're behind you in your pew in the little holes for them. You wanna grab those. We're gonna take communion together to honor him, to put him in his rightful place and to be reminded that as we enter into a new year, our one focus, our sole desire is to keep Jesus the main thing. That he is the one who brings us new hope. I'm gonna try and do this with a mic at the same time. We'll see how it goes. So as we take the bread together, God, we are reminded of your faithfulness towards us. That the brokenness of your body is what makes us whole, what gives us hope, what gives us a future. We take of the bread together knowing, Jesus, that you are all that we need. And as we take of your blood, Lord Jesus, we are reminded that, that it is because you bled, God, that those chains can fall off. It is because you bled that we can dream for the future with you, that we can have your thoughts in your mind, that we can walk hand in hand with you, that we get to have stories of victory and testimony, God, of your triumph, because you came and you took every punishment that was deserved on yourself. We share in your victory, Jesus. We share in your victory and we walk boldly into what's ahead because we know that in you there is always a future. There is always hope. Take of his blood together. We celebrate you tonight, Jesus. We celebrate what you will continue to do, what you have done, and we look to you knowing that with you, we are victorious. We love you, Jesus. Thanks for listening. And if we can do anything to help you, or if you want to stay in the loop with what is going on in and around the church, you can follow us on Instagram, download the Saints Hill app in the App Store, or visit our website, saintshill.church. And the yoke is so much easier.